Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? We appreciate you joining us for another episode of InsideCarolina.com's The 40 Club. You probably recognize me, Joey Powell, one half of the amazing host duo that brings you this show every week. But the other one, the guy that's actually carrying the water, Tommy Ashley. Thomas, how are you, sir? I'm well, Joey. It's been a, a heck of a week, but this should be a fun show to to knock out. It, a little different than the old former player deal, but it's certainly still very relevant to our listeners. And look, it's almost the hottest thing going um, east of Chapel Hill these days. Absolutely. So this this will be a fun one. I think that's fair. I hadn't thought about that, but that's absolutely uh, that's absolutely a good point on your part. I'm glad you're here. That's that's why that's, that's why they pay you the big bucks. Tommy Ashley, I'm Joey Powell. We're uh, we're going to bring you another episode of the 40 Club. Want to give a special shout out to Johnny T-shirt for sponsoring this show. You guys by now know the drill. Uh, take some time to rate, review, subscribe if you have not already. We certainly appreciate you being here. Uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, make sure you subscribe to Inside Carolina there and get all the content. Uh, we put all these podcasts up on YouTube as well. Uh, I know they've got some cool new stuff going on with On the Beat every week. Uh, Tommy and Gregory Hall are doing that live, which has turned into a really cool, uh, really cool expose. So make sure you guys are checking that out. But for this episode, like Tommy said, we've got a little wrinkle here. Uh, he is a Carolina guy through and through, but now he's a different Carolina guy. Uh, and he is uh, the... I guess vice president of communications or PR director or um, head of team services, depending on what day of the week and what hat you catch him in. But he's from the Carolina Hurricanes. Mike Sunheim. Mike, how are you, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here. You were uh, our first hockey crossover guest that we've had. But again, you graduated from Carolina. I think you were a year ahead of me, class of 2000. Um, yep. and, and you have been... Uh, you have been with the Hurricanes, I think, since Moses wore short pants, right? Like, uh, what, what year are you entering now? Well, I think we're back to wearing short pants, right? <laughs> it's been that long, yes. Everything it's, it's comes come, back in. Come, everything comes back around. But, uh, but yeah, I've been uh, – I started interning for the Hurricanes in uh, 1999 uh, during my junior year at Carolina. Were they still in Greensboro all, then? Yep. So, uh, that was the second year in Greensboro, and then uh, – Came with them to Raleigh in the next year, and then the following year, I was full-time. Right after graduating in 2000, I started with the Canes in July 2000, so I am 21 years in at this point. Man, and, and as most of our listeners are probably a fan of, of just sports in general, I'm sure, and we're going to get into some of the specifics of your job, easy for me to say, in just a little bit, but I mean, 20-plus years at the same franchise, man, a hat tip to you for that. Cause that's just, that's not something you see in any gig, especially in pro sports. So you got to be good at what you're doing. Um, graduated from the J school. Tell us about your time at Carolina. I know you and I were there at about the same window and uh, saw Mac leave the first time, saw Dean retire and just yep. was, was not a great window for sports success. What do you remember most about your time as a Tar Heel fan when you were in Chapel Hill? Yeah, the funny thing is, I I I kind of see it the opposite. Like we didn't necessarily win the the championships in the two big sports, but there was 
it was a pretty good time. Like when I first, when I first got to Carolina, you know, I grew up in Jersey. You know, I wanted to, you know, I really was interested in, in going to an ACC school. Um, very much, you know, nothing bad about Jersey, but I was ready to experience a different place. I've been, been there my whole life. Uh, you know, I kind of got into to watching the ACC, you know, th- you know, through the mid to late 90s. And uh, yeah, you know, getting getting to Carolina, I honestly didn't know anything about Carolina football before I got there. And I'll go to my first football game and we're playing Clemson. I don't know anything about this. And then we went, I think it was 41 to nothing that day. Yeah, it was Max, a beat down. Second, second to last, second to last year. I was like, whoa, maybe, maybe we got a little something here. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm getting a little bonus. I thought I was coming for the basketball, but maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the football is something too. And then, uh, you know, I, I I did a little work with uh, DTH back in the day, so I was I was uh, I was actually one of the assistant sports editors of the Sports Saturday. It's a DTH hands out at mm-hmm. games for uh, for one of those years. We used to read um, those every time we we were waiting yeah. for a kickoff at the stadium. Yeah, I'm still uh, still still friends with uh, Evan Markfield, who I believe was the editor, or maybe he was another assistant sports editor of, of that at the time. Uh, he works. He's actually works with my wife at SAS now, so. Old Evan, crazy, I know him. He covered Carolina for a long world. time. Yeah, yeah, good, good man. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I look back and you know the football team. We had some really you know, those first two years were great before Mac left, at least. Um, <laughs> you know, just you know having some big time games. I mean, I remember going straight from a basketball campout waiting for tickets to the stadium to wait outside to get let in for the Florida State game Florida State. that was on. Yeah, straight straight from one to the other. How about the weather for that one, huh? Do you awesome. remember the weather? Just it's cold that night. Vaguely, it was, yeah, it was yeah. chilly. It was damp and uh and gross yeah. and we had not slept. And yeah, yeah. it was uh I had not was, slept. It was <laughs> it a was perfect recipe it, for yeah, oh absolutely. But it was a perfect recipe for college undergraduate shenanigans and I'll leave it at yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. I remember like when we were trying to get in, the the crush to get in from outside. Like, I was the girl I was dating at the time was actually lifted up off the ground by the crush, the crush of the crowd, and kind of carried into that you know student gate at Keenan Stadium. So it's just uh, you know, to me that was pretty exciting. And in basketball, didn't win any championships. We went to three Final Fours in my four years. So I, you know, I can't complain too much and. uh Obviously, very fond memories of, of that time watching the Hill. First of all, uh, Joey, can we have somebody older than me on this podcast at least once? <laughs> uh, I mean, y'all are talking about times. The, the years y'all are talking about, I was doing this for Inside Look, Carolina. man, I, I tried to get the big bopper, and he was unavailable. So I'm going to have to get like an 80-year-old guy on here. But I, uh, <laughs> you, you talk about that time at Carolina, and you talk about – your DTH time. Let me ask you about your time at the DTH because, um, quite frankly, they've caught a lot of grief a lot over the years, especially more recently. Um, yep. I think as a guy that worked for them and did it, um, you know, I was there, I was at Carolina from 89 to 93. That was a pretty good run. They won the national championship my senior year, and Max, early Mac, was there. But what was it like being a, a student? working for the DTH, covering the teams and all. And then looking back on that, what do you think about maybe how it's changed, if it's changed over the years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's changed a little bit because 
I think the biggest thing that that changed since then is just some of the negative negative times, the bad, the kind of the bad times that Carolina's gone through in in the years since then. And you know, the DTH, even even when I was there, you know, it's an independent publication. We kind of prided ourselves on on trying to be independent, and and the you know, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we're all we're all Carolina fans, but we're also you know trying to cover the team in a in a in a fair way, but but, you know, be critical where you need to be critical. And, uh, you know, what, when I was there, you know, I, you know, I covered women's soccer, I covered men's soccer, I covered baseball when Brian Roberts was there, um, you know, had a chance to cover, you know, some of Mac Brown, you know, interviewed Bobby Bowden, you know, the kind, kind of looking back, like when you're a 19, 20 year old kid thinking about getting into journalism, like that's a, that's a dream. Like, well, what's, you know, to be able to cover sports at, at that level, um, you know, at that, you know, at that point in your development as a professional, pretty special. So, you know, I, I really value my time there and made friendships that, uh, that last to this day. Yeah, it's interesting. And that sort of segues into my question about you parlay that into this job with the with the hurricanes and I don't want to skip over the Carolina Tar Heel stuff. Cause I, I want to hear more about that, but explain how that works, how you, you know, you work for the DTH, you do that and you end up interning for the Carolina hurricanes back in the early days of the hurricanes. Yeah. And it's kind of gone from there. What, what's that process? And I ask you that um, because inside Carolina's had plenty of interns here and these guys have gone on to be like some of the best in the business um, whether it's ESPN or other outlets, um, explain your path there. Cause I think it's fascinating to see, um, how it's gone and how it started and then where it is today. I mean, it's really cool. Well, you know, the, the, the thing was that after my sophomore year, I wanted to get an internship in, in sports writing more than anything else. Like I was looking for internships in sports writing, um, but at that, at that point, you know, it, it, it was kind of hard to get one after my sophomore year. So I, I had a friend of a friend who, who had connections with an arena football team in New Jersey called the New Jersey Red Dogs, <laughs> named after the, the, the drink Red Dog, <laughs> which was um, a great cheap beer when yeah, we were all 20, yeah, right? Yeah. I, uh, Joe Morris. Uh, was a team president. He was an old Giants running back who had uh, been on their Super Bowl team. I, I loved Joe Morris as a player, so it was, it was I was kind of in awe that that I was working for this guy. But uh, that was kind of my introduction to the, the to the PR side, and and I and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough that I I called uh, I cold called Chris Brown, who was the head of PR with the Hurricanes at the time, and I asked about internships and. And that's that's how it all got started. So I started interning there, and then uh, while I was interning there, I also, you know, once I was kind of making that shift to that world, you know, I also started working in an SID office for uh, Steve Kirshner, um to try to, you know, I wanted to see that side of it too. So you know, it was it was a really a good time. You know, I still have a relationship with Steve, and I I really respect uh, him for as long as he he's been in in there doing that. So. Um, yeah, it's been, you know, it was, it was, it was a, a really interesting time to like learn kind of both sides of it. And, you know, ultimately the hurricanes felt like they were, they were the place that I had a better chance to get a job right up to school. So I, I focused on that a little more, but, um, 
but it, but it was cool to see both sides and how things were different and honestly how, how much is the same working in an SID office and working for a pro team. So you're clearly a guy that understands about telling stories because you segued nicely to exactly where I was going to go. Uh, I was going to liken gotcha. your gig to uh, Steve Kirshner for the UNC basketball office and uh, Jeremy Sharp for UNC football. Tell our listeners and viewers what exactly it is your job is with the Hurricanes because they see director of PR and, you know, um, and all the, and all the I guess, mental conjurings that come with that. But there's a ton of other stuff that falls under, you know, under your purview uh, within that office. So, so tell us if you can for lay people. Pretend Tommy and I are are actually as dumb as we look, and tell us what your job means. Uh, this is the boring part of the podcast, so people might want to skip ahead a little bit here. But <laughs> uh, ba- basically, so the PR part of my job is, you know, arranging all the the media contact that happens between. Media, players, management, coaches, you know, arranging those accesses, uh, making sure media has the right information, credentialing, um, you know, promoting a team in the media, pitching stories, you know, kind of all of that side of, of promoting, you know, promoting the team using, you know, back then traditional media, but now traditional and, you know, kind of new media, um, you know, getting the good word about the Hurricanes out, basically. Um, you know, since then, my job has kind of evolved a little bit. I'm, I've taken on other roles uh, in, in the team services side of it that I, that I do. Uh, I actually do all of the, it's, it's like more of a team operations. It's planes, buses, hotels, practice, ice, um, you know, kind of arranging, you know, all those little things being kind of a go-to for the players for anything they need from help getting their driver's license to help finding a realtor in town to, to, to getting a tea time. So, you know, it's kind of turned into a a little bit of a Jack of all trades situation, but, but I, I like personally, I like doing both because the PR side, you're, you're always asking guys to do things they might not always want to do, go see the media, do this press conference. Um, you know, when you're on the team services side, they're coming to me for help about things. So it's, it's a little more give and take than, than what a traditional uh, PR job would be. And it, I, I think it, it works well. That's uh, again, like that's, it's just a flawless segue in the way you're kind of helping this tapestry continue to, to weave itself. Um, so it sounds like you're basically just the the guy that has a guy for everything right like it's just uh, I, when you mentioned driver's licenses there i don't think fans at least i would not have considered think about how big of a deal that is when you're especially when you're drafting a you know, you're with an organization that uh that does draft players from overseas you're bringing a guy over from you know say uh, eastern europe that now he lives in raleigh and yeah. has to find somewhere to live he's coming straight from wherever it was he's coming from in kiev or whatever and yeah. He's got to find a place to live. He's got to, you know, get a car, get a driver's license. Like it's, there's yeah. so much that comes with that. So it's kind of cool that you get to be the, uh, I don't know, the savior, the, 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 the point man that kind of makes all that happen for these, for these big time prospects. Yeah. I and mean, then they have agents too, obviously the agents help, but when it comes to things that are, that are in North Carolina yeah. and, and, you know, taking, like, think about how hard that is. Like you go to the driver's office, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a Czech kid, you're 19 years old and you're, you need to take the driver's test and you get, you're taking it in English. 
And there could be some tricky questions on the driver's test. It's not like, you know, they've got three or four languages you can take it in. There's no, there's no Czech language, North Carolina driver's test. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not, no, a, not a lot of Slavic uh, interpreters there's no, there at the DMV. Yeah, there's, no, there's no Finnish. There's no Swedish. Like those, those guys are, are, there's no Russian. So, you know, whatever pressure they're feeling trying to take a driver's test, you know, they're also trying to do it in a, in a second language that they're, they're really just starting to get used to. So yeah, that's a great um, point. There's no Russian at the DMV, whether you're in a hurry or trying to speak. See what I did there? Exactly. Yeah. Born. I got a guy though. We can make appointments. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably couldn't sell appointments at the DMV these days. Yeah, especially. Yeah. Let, let me ask you the question that I've been wanting to ask you is who runs the Twitter account? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so that's, that's really under the mark, the purvey of marketing and in the, in the very early days when we were still kind of figuring out Facebook and you had to have a dot edu to log in. And when Twitter first start, <laughs> when first started like back, way back then uh we were a little more involved on the pr side but you know it's kind of it's kind of fully it's fully shifted to marketing and you know, they've got a team of people at this point dan lateraka is our head of uh of, of social and new media on that side and uh he does a great job um you know i think it's a it's a it's a balance between trying to have fun and, and putting information out and trying to sell and, and everything else. But I think they do a really good job, especially on the fun side of, you know, taking some chances here and there and some, something, some things hit and some things don't, but for the most part, they're pretty good at, at making them hit and they have a pretty good reputation in that world. Yeah. They, uh, they're, they're pretty epic social they're media there. Yeah. yeah. They've got a, a lot of teams could take certainly uh, lessons from I mean, that Twitter account is just 5% fire. fire. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Let me ask you the, the another probably a softball question is how much does winning make a difference for a professional team? You've been around a long time. They've yeah. seen both. And, and they've been <laughs> yeah, terrible I mean, at times. I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> well, look, we went 10 years without making the playoffs. <laughs> and and everyone would you know look at us and look at our crowds and say you know that that team looks like they need to move nobody cares about them there well pretty much there, there aren't a whole lot of pro sports teams that are packing the house when you've gone 10 years missing the playoffs and i kind of i kind of look back you know in the in the kind of mid 2000s going to games in chicago the blackhawks you know now you know when they got good it was 21,000 every night and it's incredible but when they were bad playing in the 20 21,000 seat united center that place is cavernous when there's only four or five thousand people in there and we we were absolutely there with four or five thousand people so you know that's an original six franchise that's a that's a historic franchise that when they got good it it was pretty pretty good but when they were bad they're the same as everyone else so, you know, sh short of being uh, the Chicago Cubs or the Toronto Maple Leafs, there aren't a whole lot of professional sports franchises that can go a real long time and missing the playoffs and still uh, maintain, you know, people willing to pay the prices you have to pay to go to a professional sports event. I know it's not really your area, but you've been connected for so long. What is the – how big's the gap between being good and being bad in pro sports? I mean, I think people – I don't think people understand how it works, you know, and what that line is. What yeah. is, it? you know, I, I think, 
you know, a lot nowadays, you know, I think one of the, honestly, one of the big differences for us has just been having an owner willing to spend to the cap. And if you're in a salary cap sport and you're not spending to the salary cap, you're, you're going to have some problems. Like you're yeah. a pretty big competitive disadvantage. So, you know, Tom Dundon bought the team, you know, that's a, that's a huge priority for him is, you know, he, he doesn't want to, you know, he, he can't stand watching us lose. So he was going to spend the money on the players to make sure that, that we were given a chance. But I mean, a, a lot else goes into it, the drafting, the, you know, the coaching, um, you know, having the right people and, you know, then the chemistry, but, um, you know, things really started coming together for us after he bought the team, started spending a little more money. We got a little lucky in the draft lottery and got Andre Sveshnikov and, uh, and, and things started to roll a little bit. But I mean, now, now I think we've gone from a team that, you know, we're, we're just desperate to make the playoffs to a team that expects to make the playoffs every year. Now, now, you know, you know, the goal is to, to, to win it all that's 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 what we that's what we want we're not worried about making the playoffs we're worried about winning the Stanley Cup and that's uh that's got a, a lot to do and, and a whole lot to do with Rod Brindamore our head coach who you know when, you know he came in I wish we had it on tape the speech he gave to our guys the first year he was head coach because when he came into the the, the you have a team meeting the day the first day of training camp you know you everyone goes for their medicals in the morning they have you know you know, fitness testing in the afternoon and you have a team meeting, the team meeting, you know, the coach kind of establishes, all right, this is what we're going to be all about. And, you know, he gave the speech about raising the bar and like, we're, our, we've been putting the bar down here. The bar needs to be up here. There's only one bar in this sport and that's the Stanley cup. Like that's the bar we're going for. So we're not, we're not trying to go down here. We're trying to go up here. And that's uh, oh, it's unbelievable. But I mean, I think that's, you know, that's the, that's what our team's taken on since he took over and, 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 you know, we've been in the mix all three of those years, going to the conference final in the second round the other two years. So I think we feel like uh, we're, we're close and uh, hopefully we can get over there, get over the top of that bar. So one of the things that I love that the Canes have done really, really well is, you know, you, you went to school in this area, so you get how yeah. unique it is in being a college sports market. And the Canes have done a great job. And I know there's been a lot of people behind the scenes that put a lot of work in to make this happen. But the Canes have done a great job kind of ingratiating themselves to uh, the, the three you know, ACC school fan bases that are here. And I know that there are nights where they do college nights and you do special ticket promos and stuff like that. And you mentioned Brendan Moore, who I know is a, is a fan of the, the school in West Raleigh. But specifically, <laughs> right, right. Um, specifically, I want to ask, and I think this is great because you get a chance to know these guys on a very personal level. How do they, uh, the ones that are sports fans off the ice, you know, I realize not everybody is, but a lot of these guys, because of their competitive nature, are sports fans off the ice. All this is a long way to get to the question of how do you teach them about how unique this market is? Because let's keep using the example of a kid from, you know, from, from the, the Czech Republic or, or wherever that comes over here and realizes, okay, there's one pro sports franchise around here. I play for them. What else do I do and what else can I watch in my free time? How does that conversation happen? Give us some good stories of, of when guys have kind of realized that, holy crap, this really is kind of a really aggressive college sports market. Just talk about that crossover because I think it's incredibly unique and the Canes have done a good job of speaking to that. Yeah. I mean, on, honestly, a lot of the, a lot of the players we've had, especially the, 
Canadian American ones, they, they kind of knew ahead of time. Um, you know, and I think uh, once you get in our locker room, um, there's a couple of us that are outspoken for one team. And honestly, that <laughs> team is UNC. It's, it's myself. It's Doug Bennett, our head trainer. Uh, used to be Pace Sagister when he was around. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're because we wear our heart on our sleeves a little bit about UNC, some of them choose to root for other schools <laughs> just, just to have something. And when UNC, if UNC wins, it's real quiet. But if UNC ever, if UNC loses a game that we expect to win or a big basketball football game, we walk in the next day, they're waiting for us. <laughs> they're waiting, they're waiting and they're ready. And, and we take a little bit, but, but I mean, it's, it's been fun. Like a, a couple of years ago, we had a dad's trip. Um, that's one of the really cool things that, that we do is, you know, in normal times, at least we have, uh, you know, a trip where we take all one year, we'll take all the moms on a, on a trip with the team and they'll get to come with their sons and, and see how everything works be on the plane. And, and one year we'll take dads. One of the dad's trips was the day of a Duke Carolina game. So we were at a little beachside establishment in uh in fort lauderdale and it was a shoe blowout game oh yeah <laughs> when all that happened but 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 it was it was just a blast like these guys are getting into it their dads are getting into it i'm hugging henry Saul, jordan <laughs> Saul's dad after unc wins <laughs> it's just uh it's, it's really funny to, to to let them kind of see the passion but they you know at the end of the day when when we make the playoffs like it's 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 just different here. Like it's just different. Like everyone everyone thinks that their arena is the loudest in the playoffs. Like I, I've been enough places. I've been to Toronto. I've been to Montreal. Been in Detroit. Been in Nashville, Tampa. I've been all these places in the playoffs, and they're just it's not even close. Like we're so much louder, and that's the that's the college mentality. That's that's trying to. That is crowds feeling that they can have an effect on the outcome of the game, mm. and and it and it and it and it, it happens like it works like com- like compared to these other places, um, you know it's just it's just louder it's just louder people people get on their feet and yell and you know they're gonna affect they're gonna affect what's happening on the ice just like they feel that they can affect what's happening in the football stadium or the or the arena uh, for basketball. You're right about it being loud. And I always tell people, and I'll be honest, I, I was never a hockey fan. I went to Hurricanes games early on when they weren't very good. Um, but my son, I mentioned off the air, he got me into it. Um, and we went to a couple of playoff games a couple of years ago and sat upper deck front row in the corners, which I love. I could see better. I, could see, you. Yeah, I yeah. see the puck better there than I can on TV. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You don't you have to turn the whole play your, develop. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and – I forget it was maybe the caps or whatever they scored 17 hurricane scored 17 seconds into it and the place exploded. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, this is amazing. And yeah. I think I've been in here for NC state basketball games and yeah. aside from Carolina, it's nothing like this, but that, that is the cool thing about that arena is it gets really loud. And until you've experienced, like you said, you don't get it. I mean, yeah. it's, and, and honestly, those years that we were bad, that was one of the really hard things for me is we had players that were there and had been there for five, six, seven years. And they just didn't, you know, they didn't, hadn't experienced that. Like Jeff Skinner was there all those years. He never got to experience that. Justin Falk was there about the same amount of time he got to experience it. And like, 
you can tell them, you know, all day long how amazing it is in the playoffs, the tailgating and, the, and, and how loud it is and come up with warmups and the towels and everything else. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then they experience it and they're like, oh, yeah, this is different. Yeah. And it was still yeah. loud in COVID, in the COVID year. It was still pretty loud, yeah. half empty or whatever. Let me ask you a question. You talked about the guys and you talked about the dad's trips, the mom's trips and all that. Why are hockey players, professional hockey players, the coolest professional athletes <laughs> and the most chill professional? I mean, I said it off the air and I'll say it again. They beat the hell out of each other on the ice. I mean, yeah. Those dudes are tough, period. Yeah. And then they're just so – they're nice. And I, why yeah. is that? I, 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 don't, I don't know exactly. I, you know, I think a lot of them are, you know, from very blue-collar backgrounds and really appreciate kind of what they've been given in life. You know, they've earned it, obviously. But, like, the position that they've reached in their lives – you know, uh, you know, you know, think about Rod Brindamore, who, you know, he was still playing for us. He was on one of his last contracts. His dad was still working full time as a pipe fitter out in British Columbia. You know, the, the stalls kept that sod firm going. You know, those boys grew up working on the sod firm. You know, I think it's just a different, uh, you know, a, a little bit different, you know, blue collar feel. Um you know, and I, I think that they appreciate it. And I also think that, you know, they know they have to be like, at the end of the day, you know, hockey is, is popular, but it's not, you know, it's not where baseball is or not even close to where football is or basketball. So they know they, you know, it's important that they're good to people and they're good in the community and they're nice to fans because, you know, that's, that's what we rely on. You know, probably more than any other sport, we rely on 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 gate receipts, um, just because of where our, our TV contract is in comparison to those other sports. So I think that they know, you know, every little interaction can make a difference in, in helping to grow our game. Yeah, it is fascinating to watch how just I mean, and I've with TikTok and Twitter and all these things, you see all the interactions with other players like the goalie for Tampa. That's ridiculous. I mean, he stops yeah. on the side of the road yeah. and talks to somebody <laughs> and all those type things. Yeah. You were there from basically day one. Uh, was there ever any doubt um, that Raleigh would work for the Hurricanes? You know, uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't think there were any points where it was close to we were close to to moving or anything like that. Like I don't think we ever got to that point. Like I think that the league has been pretty committed to trying to make this market work, and the league seen you know even in some of those early days that you know that 2002 run, the 2004 draft when we filled the building to watch basically what's a glorified business meeting on the floor, <laughs> um, and then uh, you know that you know. 2006 Stanley Cup run, the 2011 All Star Game. You know these these events were so big, so big in Raleigh, you know, so big in the Triangle that that I think that the league knows that the passion is there, and uh, you know even in the very very lean years, you know at the end of the day when you're you've missed the playoffs ten years in a row and your owners selling the team, sure you you have those thoughts in the back of your head. Well, what happens here? If, somebody if he sells a team to somebody that's not committed to keeping it here but obviously we were we were lucky to to get an owner that was committed to trying to make it work here and 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 things have been pretty good since then 
So you talked about uh, you talked about kind of making things work. And speaking of making things work, Johnny T-shirt makes things work for our fans. <laughs> Johnny T-shirt has yeah, been yeah. making things work on East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill for a long time since back when and when Sonny and I were were actually in school in Chapel Hill. Johnny T-shirt was there. I don't know if they go back to the Tommy era, but they yes, they do. I bought my first pair of sunglasses, Ray-Ban sunglasses at, at Johnny T-shirt. Still got wow. them. In fact. My son probably wears them on campus 30 wow, years I didn't, later. I didn't realize they figured out what the sun was when you were in school. That's impressive. Oh, um, carry so, on. <laughs> so Johnny T-shirt has been selling uh, has been selling sunglasses since back <laughs> when they were made out of actual glass. Uh, Johnny T-shirt on East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. They're big proponents and sponsors of Inside Carolina. We want you to do the same thing right now if you hit them up. They have all of the new stuff in the store in their catalog, online, however you want to procure it, they can get it for you, ready for football season. All of the new Nike gear that the team's wearing when they work out, when they practice, when they play, they got all that stuff. Hit them up if you need tailgating gear, home gating gear, gate gating gear, which I'm sure will be a thing if you want to like have a bunch of people over and eat and drink around a gate. They can probably take care of that too. Gate gating, check it out. Um, it's, it's just Johnny T-shirt is kind of the be all and end all. So make sure you hit them up, johnnytshirt.com. Inside Carolina premium subscribers know that you get that extra 10% off the top. So use that off of their already delicious prices and you will be glad that you did. We'll take a quick break right now. Let some of the national guys run some of their ads. We'll be right back to talk more with Mike Sunheim, PR guru, grand pooba of the Carolina hurricanes. Introducing the two way V4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell. Each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience, maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, coming back. We appreciate you guys being here. Another episode of the 40 Club here on InsideCarolina.com. He's just Tommy Ashley. I am just Joey Powell. We are here with Mike Sunheim, the Vice President of Communications for the Carolina Hurricanes Hockey Club. And the dude has absolutely kind of lived the dream of a lot of folks. And, you know, when, when Tommy and I were growing up in North Carolina, we didn't really know what hockey was. But Mike came down here and saved us all after he graduated from UNC in 2000. And he's been with the Hurricanes really with an exception of a couple of years ever since. One of the things I love about Mike is he's got this really cool job, but I want to kind of get into Mike's fandom a little bit. Uh, the first thing I want to ask Mike is, is as a guy that is a PR representative for a sports franchise, you have been so programmed and uh, defanned as, as part of your, you know, as part of your job, right? Like your job is to be very professional and you're one of the best in the business at it. Um, kind of scrubbing the emotion and the fandom from your gig. Uh, how does that translate to now? If you get a chance to go to a Tar Heel game, if you get a chance to watch a, a Carolina game, obviously you're doing well if you're hugging Henry Stahl after a, a win against Duke, but do you find yourself having to not see things from a sports I guess, career lens. Cause I think about when you talked about the, the, the Canes arena being empty during, you know, during the lean years, I mean, do you watch a season like the Tar Heels had in football in 2018 when nobody was going to games and they won, you know, two games on the season? Uh, do you see that and say, yes, yeah, 
it's tough to see or do you see that as a fan you're like oh this sucks uh no i let it all out my fan my fan side absolutely comes out uh when it comes to the tar heels when it comes to the baltimore orioles who have won two games in a row in case you didn't know two games in a row <laughs> after losing uh, what like 32 19. or something like Wow. Lost, nine, lost, nine, lost 19 in a row, but they won again today. So they've won two in a row. Um, but no, when it, when it comes to those things, I, I, I can drop the, uh, the PR hat for the most part. Sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I feel it for the, for people, like I feel it for the Orioles when they're going through that. Like I, I haven't been through anything quite that bad. <laughs> like I, we have finished that we have finished that last, but, but that's, 19 in a row is a lot of that's <laughs> that's a lot of losses a lot of l's in a row so uh but no I, I i let it out somewhere there's a video of me on my back porch watching uh luke may hit that uh shot against kentucky and i definitely let it all out my whole neighborhood <laughs> let it, knew that i was letting it all out so. not not the pr guy in that in that yeah. moment it's kind of it's kind of nice honestly when you you bottle it up so much um you know, if you're sitting in a press box, yeah. it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to be in the stands and, and to be able to yell and scream and to do all the things. And, uh, you know, the Tar Heels are definitely one of my escapes when it comes to that. So one of the things a lot of folks may not know is that you get a chance to set up a lot of the um, meet and greet and crossover type things um, that sometimes, you know, I think on UNC social media a while back, you know, the Hurricanes had a chance to come over and shoot some rock in the Smith Center. Um, you know, and there's been some crossover where sometimes some, uh, you know, you've had Carolina coaching staff or, uh, you know, alumni like Tyler Hansborough come out and wind the siren at, at the Canes games. Um, talk about setting those things up and how, how fun is that for you as a Carolina guy to be able to, to arrange for guys that you work with these, these players for the Canes that you have these really strong relationships with. And now you're getting to introduce them to a hallowed hall such as the Smith center and, and let them see things yeah. like that. Talk, share, share with that, what that feels like. It's awesome. You know, it's, it's really, it's really cool to be able to like, you know, bring a guy out there and tailgate before a football game or, 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 or sit next to a guy when they go to Smith center for a game for the first time. Um, you know, that day, you know, at the end of the season where we got to, you know, shoot around at, at Smith center and, and Rory came out and met everybody and talked, you know, spent, real time talking to Justin Williams and, and our guys, you know, as you know, Hey, I'm kind of geeking out because I don't get take shots at the Smith center and make a fool of myself too often, but that was pretty fun. Um, but, you know, being able to, to, to experience those things and, and being able to, you know, like we want our guys, like I, I actually just sent a, sent a message to all of our players uh, yesterday kind of describing, you know, some of the events that are coming up in, in North Carolina for the month of September. Like some, some of these guys are only going to be here for training camp and then they'll go back to the junior teams or back to, you know, to the minors. Uh, but we want them while they're here to experience the culture of the area. So, you know, one of the things I listed on there was, hey, UNC football is ranked in the top 10. Um, if you're interested in, in trying to get to a game, let me know. You know, we're taking them to the Durham Bulls game. You know, you know, uh, Luke Combs is playing at PNC Arena. So, you know, there's there's things going on here. So, you know, we want them to uh, to experience it and, and realize that this is a, a, a pretty cool place to, to be and to play and um, to have those opportunities. How 
how diverse is their likes and dislikes? Like you mentioned, uh, you're a Carolina guy, Pace Sagaster, which he's texted me some questions to ask you. So yeah, beware. Uh, um, You know, how how diverse is like what these guys like? Like you got guys coming from all over the world. How how do you figure out, do they like Carolina? Do they like it here? Do they like NC State? I, I mean, how do you explain Ramsey's to a guy from Slovenia? Yeah. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, uh, yeah, you, you really don't. Uh, I think the thing I think the thing is that, that at the end of the day, that they're athletes, a lot of them just love sports. Like, they're watching the NFL on Sundays. They're watching golf all the time. Um, you know, they're they're into watching sports. They, you know, some of them have their own teams when it comes to football and baseball, who they root for. Um, a couple of them played college hockey, so they, they have a little bit of that, you know, those allegiances. But, you know, for a, for a lot of them, you know, they, they like going to the local team. Like Jeff Skinner didn't ever want to admit he was a Tar Heel fan, but he's absolutely a Tar Heel fan. <laughs> he, he he has Tar Heel. He has a Vince Carter UNC jersey. Where <laughs> you know, it's just like it's always it's always funny to me. Like they 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 want to play it down the middle because that's the, the right play politically, especially when we share a building <laughs> over there. But um, and there are absolutely some of them are Wolfpack fans. Like it's easy for them to get out of practice and walk out there and the tailgate's going on and that's pretty cool. You know, it's literally in our parking lot. So they can walk out there to practice and that's going on. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, you know, it's, they, they appreciate that they, you know, they obviously love the passion and they see how it translates to their own arena. And uh, I, I think that they, they enjoy the, the rivalries and everything. So do you want the, the pace questions? Are you prepared or, or is anything off limits? Uh, I will admit I'm a little bit concerned about what Pace might say here. <laughs> Pace knows too much. I am not. Gonna... He, he, seen... <laughs> he sent me a, co- a few. Yeah. But tell me about, and this is a fun part. And again, I'm not trying to to get you in a situation where you don't want to ask. But what's up with the craft beers? Oh, he knows I'm a big craft beer guy. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big on on tap, but check in my beers i go to i go to breweries on the road like those guys all give me crap because we get to a bar in whatever city we're in and i'm looking <laughs> at the menu for some beer i haven't tried yet before so this is a uh, macadamia nut orchid leaf yeah uh, i'm one super, i'm one of those <laughs> triple he said, hopped out of a uh, out of a uh, walnut yeah. mug yeah, yeah. he, yeah, he said one. uh he used words like obsessed and <laughs> Takes a picture of and logs into some beer app every craft yeah, un- beer drink. Untapped. It's actually based in Wilmington, but yeah, that's, I, I do have that app and I use it. I used it earlier tonight, even. And he and he asked he asked me another one about the the tight pants and splitting the pants all the time, but I, I'll leave that one alone. He said, uh, "Ask him." <laughs> he asked me. That did happen did- twice on one road trip. That's a tough yeah. bounce. <laughs> yeah, he, he said, but don't embarrass him. So I, I won't ask that question. But he said, ask him why he always stirs his ice cream into watery soup before he eats it. I mean, <laughs> so, what are you guys doing on the road? <laughs> this is that's actually at home. So at home in in the good old days before COVID, we had a softer ice cream machine in our press room. It's extremely popular. 
Like the <laughs> people come in from the other other teams, they cannot wait to get to that soft serve. And Pace likes to make fun of me because I like to like stir and put my stuff in and stir it down so it's nice and, and yeah, I don't know. He's a weird. Yeah, he, he left you alone for the most part. But I, I uh, okay. he, he's good people. We uh, also, also a big Tar Heel fan. Yeah, yeah. we tailgate. And now a UNC employee. Yeah, exactly. And we tailgate with his uh, family. Joey, you'll meet his family, assuming now everybody's able to be there. Yes. Um, when we're down there in the Bowles lot. Let me ask you a couple questions before I let I've been there. The, well, be you careful, need to come. Be, be careful with the special drink. That's all I have to say. Oh, if trust it, me. If, it, if there's a slushy drink, be careful. Be a little careful. Uh, listen, right. There are orangutans, and I know yeah. them well. Yeah, so you can, probably yeah. you've been there when I've been there, and I might not remember. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely possible. <laughs> I might not remember either. Let's see now. Now, now that Mike knows where we're going to be when he's bringing some of the players and introducing them to things, he needs to introduce them to a a proper radio show tailgate. Which we can't really give you the proper radio show, but we can give you Inside Carolina Live, right? Absolutely. That's <laughs> Go ahead, it. Tom, that's, sorry. that's the invite. No, uh, it's a fun time down there. But l- let me ask you a couple questions. One, discounting the Stanley Cup championship. Disc- best on the, on the ice moment for the Hurricanes and off the ice moment for you personally. Ooh, that is putting me on the spot. On the ice. Um Boy, when we when we clinched the playoffs a couple of years ago after not making the playoffs for that long, mm. that was just like a cathartic experience in the <laughs> arena. Like everybody that like I can I almost have chills thinking about like the fans that I know stuck with us through all of it and you know, just the release they had. We won the game and then we put up on the scoreboard that whatever we needed to happen had happened and like geo punt return catharsis. Yeah, in a way, almost more, just because it had was had been, you know, such a preceded, long period of time preceded by so much misery. Yeah, um, you know, just the, the the just kind of letting it all out. Like we're we're just fi- finally we're we're back in the playoffs, and we felt it, and the players felt it, you know, the fans felt it, and just it was just such a such an amazing night over there, and uh, that's probably my favorite on ice. Uh, off ice, there's a lot. Um, you know, the All Star Game when we had the All Star Game here, just the way the community came together to make it a huge event. We were just blessed with an, one of those unbelievable North Carolina late January Indian summers, and the weather was was tr- tremendous the entire weekend. So everybody came in, and you know, people really got a taste of of what the passion is like here, even kind of in the middle, that was, you know, kind of on the early end, but in kind of in the middle of that, that tough time for us. Um, and just some of the opportunities we've had, to, you know, to, you know, from make a wish kids to, to when Brian Bickle was, was diagnosed, um, you know, some of the things we've been able to do off the ice and, and we've just had so many great people working for our organization that, uh, that, that, you know, helped us really capitalize on those moments. Toughest question I've asked you all night. You've been there mm-hmm. since 2000, yeah. 21-ish years. Who's been your favorite player for the Hurricanes? Oh, yeah, that's real tough. I got to pick one person. Well, you can pick uh, a couple. We'll, I mean, make sure, we'll make sure the entire you, team you know, hears honestly, this so they can judge you based on your answer, okay? 
it, you know what the hard, it's it's easier for me to pick the ones I don't like and I don't want to say <laughs> who they were. But honestly, in 21 years, there's only two. You but know, you do. That, that, wow. That that kind of speaks to what you said earlier about hockey, you know, hockey players just the way they are off the ice. You know, in 21 years there, there've only been two guys that I really just didn't like. So why? Why what and don't you don't have to call names, but what made them not likable because i can picture like somebody like i'm not even gonna call names but what makes a player unlikable in hockey because like i said any interaction i've ever had whether it was at the jim valvano classic years ago with all those guys to they're always they've always been fantastic yeah you know i think it's just a different a different kind of entitlement that most of them just don't ever display um and just the you know the a way that those guys you know like i said there's only two of them you know just the way they treated staff and things like that like most of these guys are just so good and so good to everyone around them really appreciate everything that that people do you know from you know getting to know the name of the security guy to you know talking to the you know you know having a good relationship with the equipment guys and medical, you know, just appreciating the people that, that kind of make, make things run around them, make their lives easier. And, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's something that, that is special for, you know, our sport and the, and the guys I've been dealing with. And like I said, 20, 21 years, you got, you know, 23 guys on a roster every year. That's, if I only have two guys that I didn't really like, that's, that's pretty good. It's a pretty you know? good hit rate, man. Um, all right. Yeah. I've got two for you, then we'll let you get out of here. Uh, we're talking with Mike Sunheim, the VP of communications for the Carolina Hurricanes professional hockey franchise. You might know him right down the road here from the triangle. Um, all right. So the, the first one I want to ask you is what has been your most, uh, I, I guess, your favorite intersection of your Tar Heel fandom or Tar Heel existence and your gig with the Hurricanes? It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, the, the day we got to go, the day we took the guys over to shoot around, that was, that was so much fun. Um, you know, watching the previously aforementioned uh, Pace Sagaster take on Jordan Stahl on one-on-one in the Smith Center and uh, all the hilarity that ensues when, when something like that's going down. Um, you know, that, that's a lot of fun. And, you know, pretty much any time we have somebody out as a siren sounder, you know, it's been it's been you know, it's, it's a little, little special for, for me to, to, to see. Sometimes I've been involved in helping to get that, that person there. Sometimes I haven't, but, you know, just, uh, you know, and I don't know, I always go back to thinking about the 09 playoffs when uh, UNC had just won the uh, national championship and Tyler Hansborough was there and listening to everybody boo him. <laughs> he didn't even do the siren. Like he was just in the he was just there. <laughs> just, just soaking it in. Man, I want uh, heat like that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like you were talking earlier about the, you know, people, you know, coming out and sounding the, sounding the siren, you know, this, you know, with everything that's changed in, in collegiate athletics, you know, I think, you know, we can have, I, I think now we can have current athletes come out and do the siren, yeah. which is something we've never been able to do before. So it's kind of exciting to think about maybe having Sam Howell come out to do a, a siren or, you know, <laughs> You know, you know the level of boo boo speaking that of noise. <laughs> yeah. I want to be there when that one. Yeah, I know. Some of these guys kind of like it. 
<laughs> Queese well, has done it a couple of times. Yeah. Marquise Williams done it. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. He soaks it in. Great. I were on the siren one time, but I had my daughter with me. Somebody could boo me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. La- last one for you, Mike. Um, and I, I appreciate your honesty there. Well, actually, we'll make this too. Now, I'm assuming you're going to go after Roy Williams now that he's retired as a potential siren uh, sounder. They've been trying for years. Mac's the same thing. Mac doesn't want to go. You know, he, he, it's the same thing. They, they know they're going to get booed, which is not, <laughs> which is not really fair. But you know, Retired Roy doesn't seem like he would care about that to me, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I hope you're right. I'd, I'd love to uh, – We'd love to have him out, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Can we get him off the golf course to come, come out there? (laughs) There you go. Set him up to set him up to play in a pro-am with some of the, some of the Canes players, let them take the tee shots because they've got sure he's run into a couple of them out there. Sure. As much as that guy's playing right now. All right. Last question. And this is kind of just an overall, uh, a fan question for you. What's been your most, uh, you know, uh, Tommy asked you earlier, what's been your favorite moment as part of the Canes, but just, What's been your, your, I guess, your favorite moment human-related that you've been able to do as part of your job? Because, again, as you mentioned, connecting these players who are humans with uh, very rare causes, um, being able to, to put them in touch of, with parts of the community that you know, needs to have some light shined upon it, um, being able to use your position to really uplift other people. What's been your, your favorite moment uh, kind of along that vein? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's hard to narrow down. Like, there have been some really good ones, like, uh, you know, from kind of visiting a, a, a young fan who's, who's, you know, whose father had passed away recently to the, you know, the military reunions that always, you know, get everybody, but they get me too. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you have somebody, you know, coming home um, to, you know, the, the Make-A-Wish, we had a great Make-A-Wish day, unbelievable. Kid was just amazing uh you know with uh setting up a street hockey game with some of our guys and our guys just completely embraced it and like we're you know lifting them up on you know it was it was just so cool so you know i think you know those are the things that sometimes when you're in the kind of in the doldrums of the season and you're maybe a little bit kind of run down by the schedule and the travel and the work weekends and you, you have a day like those and, and they, those, those are the days that kind of pick you back up and uh, you know, you're trying to do something for, for somebody else, but really it's doing maybe even more for you. So, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that are, that are really special about working in sports and, and being a part of this organization. Well, you've definitely awesome. picked us up and you've definitely been a, been a special part of this podcast tonight. We appreciate you. Uh, giving us some time and sharing some some insight and some experiences. I, I think I'll speak for Tommy and, and most of our audience in that uh, we think you've got a pretty awesome gig. And, you know, I know there are going to be times where y- you feel the grind more than anybody, but uh, definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. And, you know, as you know, I won't speak for Tommy or listen, but as a fan, I appreciate what what the Hurricanes do for the community and, and for individual fans and just their presence around the triangle. I think it's been a, a great positive and I hope it continues to be so for for years to come. Thomas, you got anything else before we let uh, let Mike get out of here? No, I, I'll second what you said. I mean, it's been fun. To, I, it's been more informational podcast for me personally, just getting a chance to talk to you. And I know I give you a hard time with pace and all that, but it's just fascinating to hear um, what I have come to realize watching hockey and seeing those guys is that, and I said it earlier, they're just cool. 
and they're the nicest people you could ever meet. And the fact that Raleigh has embraced it and the area has embraced it and uh, going over there to see games and to hear stories from you and others that work with the hurricanes. I mean, it's, it's all one big happy family that's just done so much for the area, I think. So appreciate you coming on, taking time to talk to us. And, uh, but to the Carolina Hurricanes, just thank you for being um, sort of, you know, it's kind of corny, but it is like a shining light. Yeah. Those guys have always just been the best. But anyway, yeah, I ramble, I but I mean, it. It, it, yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> and, and, you know, again, the standing invite has been planted for you to uh, attend and come see us uh, at the bowls lot sometime this season, if you can get away before, uh, before hockey yeah. gets into full swing. But I've come, I've got my eyes on a couple Saturdays. There we go. <laughs> Well, let us know. We'll make sure to save you a seat. Uh, but for Mike Sunheim, our guest tonight, uh, for Tommy Ashley, we appreciate all of you guys listening. Appreciate all the Inside Carolina Nation subscribing, uh, watching, and listening to the show. We will talk to you guys sometime down the road. I'm just Joey Powell. We'll catch you next time on the 40 Club. Late. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.